are listening to the Penalty Spot Podcast with Zach and Jared Raymond. Back with more World Cup special extravaganza spectacular shows. Our group stage roundup and our round of 16 preview. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the gentleman's bet that we that we had made in our preview show as well. Um, first off, where does this World Cup rank for you in, uh, in recent years? Just so far uh, through the group stage. I mean, so far, the, it's got to be it's got to be right up there at the top. I think the drama has been incredible. Um, there has been some amazing goals, uh, late drama, you know, excellent matches, big surprises. I, I think it's been, uh, I mean, I don't have too much to go on in terms of memory. I think it's probably the only the third World Cup I've watched and probably the one I've watched the most, but I have to say it's uh, number one for me in recent years. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to agree with that. Like, it, you know, we watched 2010 and, you know, we were still kind of new to the sport at that time. And that was more of, um, you know, oh, what's the U.S. doing? Okay, after that, who are we really paying attention to? Because um, you think about it, if if you think about it for a neutral, not a, not a neutral, but a um, not a diehard supporter, someone who kind of turns on the World Cup every four years, it's it's been weird. If, in each of the past World Cups, in the past three, it's been weird. And four out of the last five, because, okay, you go to watch the World Cup in 2010, and you, you think, okay, okay, who, who won it in 2006? I'm just trying to think of who the good teams are. Well, Italy won in 2006. And in uh, 2010, they go out at the group stage. And then in 2014, Spain, who won uh, in 2010, go out at the group stage. Now, so if you're, if you're going into this, you're not a diehard supporter. Oh, who won the World Cup four years ago? Remind me. It was Germany. Okay, we're going to pay attention to them. They're probably still really good. They have a lot of players on the same team. And they go out. It's three in a row. We talked in the preview. And I mentioned it thinking that there was no way it happens. There's no way this Germany team goes out at the group stage. And they finished fourth in their group. But yeah. the, the, the storylines I mean, story from this World Cup have been incredible. World Cups are better when the hosts go through to the knockout stage. Um, and we have that with Russia when not everyone expected it. Um, yeah, I mean, it should be it, it should be noted. I think actually, um, just in terms of the World Cups in the recent years. So we watched. I remember we watched the the 2006 World Cup was actually the first one we sort of watched. We were on vacation in Florida. Yes, it was on the plane. We had it on at the hotel. I remember U.S. wasn't that good. They, it was it was a bad. It was a very poor World Cup for them. Uh, but you know, Italy, France was a it's a big game. And then just didn't really think about it much. Then 2010 came in. They had the there was the FIFA 2010 South Africa video game that sort of got us into soccer. We watched it a little bit and was an exciting World Cup, especially with that U.S. Algeria game. And then sort of you know forgot about it again. Then I think the Women's World Cup the next year really got us more into it. Then that's when we started uh, getting into the Premier League, and then we started following other players and you know European football. And got into and got into that leading up to the 2014 World Cup. The U.S. had an exciting run. Group of Death got out of it. Uh, unfortunately, lost uh, in the round of 16 again. But it's kind of interesting uh, that this one sort of ranks up at the top for us because the U.S. aren't in it. You know, we had the disappointing uh, qualifying campaign. They didn't make it in it. Uh, but 
you know, so in a way, we're very much neutrals to to uh, this entire thing, and it hasn't affected it in the slightest for me. It's been as exciting, probably more exciting than any World Cup I've seen so far. I think that's the, the best part about it somehow. Obviously, I would love to have the U.S. in it, but I'm making the most of it with the fact that they're not. And I... You know, the World Cup comes around every four years, so I want to watch as many games as possible. When the U.S. are in it, it's like, okay, I need to rearrange my entire life to make sure that I'm off for those three days and I those three group games, uh, make sure I'm off of work for those games, and I don't really get to think about the other games because I'm so focused on getting um, off for, for the United States games, which is... Yeah, yeah. It's a weird concept. It, like... Um, and not that I don't enjoy watching the U.S. at the World Cup, but I'm really enjoying just sitting back and enjoying the games. There's only been a handful of games where I'm like, oh, I really would like this team to win. I really, like, besides, you know, I'm rooting for the teams that I pick to go far because, you know me, I like being right more than I like anything else. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I that's, that's the rooting edge. that That's the edge I have. I'm not... I'm not sitting here and say, okay, I need, I want the U.S. to go through, but I need them, like, you know, England fans, oh, we want to lose because we want to be on the other side of the bracket because it's easier and we want to see if our matchup is going to be better. Like, it's just, it's a stress-free World Cup for me. Yeah. Um, I think we should, you know, maybe point to that, uh, you enjoying being, being right. So you mentioned a gentleman's bet. That I did. Um, so our gentleman's bet in the preview was, Whoever got more teams into the knockout stage, um, whoever predicted more teams correctly, um, the loser would have to wear the opposing uh, the opposing host's club team jersey in public for a day. And yeah. uh, so, so you got you got thirteen out of sixteen. Correct? Thirteen out of sixteen, correct? Yes. Okay. Now, so I was looking at my notes prepping for this podcast, and I wrote down. I went back in my notes and I looked and I counted and I also had 13 out of 16 correct. But then I remembered. <laughs> and this is completely my fault. Completely thundergunned you. Yeah. Then I remembered while we were recording the podcast, you got an update that Granite Chaka left training in tears with a knee injury. And that changed the entire prediction for me. So I, instead of, so I have in my notebook written down Switzerland. But on the podcast, I switched it to Serbia, and Granit Xhaka ended up making the recovery. He was fine. He ended up playing and was a vital part to Switzerland and beating s- Serbia. Scored a brilliant and, goal. <laughs> which led to them winning the group. So now, as it seems, I only have 12 teams out of 16 correct. So it looks like you get, what, you get your wish. You were right. You win the gentleman's bet. And it's only fitting that you have a Granite Jaka Arsenal jersey uh, in your closet. So I think that is going to be the one that I'm going to have to wear. I'm so excited. You have no idea. <laughs> quite, quite poetic. We'll, ha- we'll have to make sure we take you somewhere yeah. where there's plenty of people. So. Yeah, I mean, Granite Jaka is a player that I've often criticized. So this might be this is this is going to be a, this is a rough loss for me. Yeah, this is this this hurts in many different ways for you, um, oh. but. Let's let's take a look um, at you know how how our predictions fared, what we thought was going to come out of the group stage, 
Um, and we'll do this quickly. This is not going to take up too much time. But um, looking at Group A, um, you have your prediction. So I had Uruguay winning the group and Russia coming in second. And Russia played brilliantly in their first two matches. They killed Saudi Arabia. They beat Egypt 3-1. They did end up losing to Uruguay in the final game, but uh, they do get through. Um, so my two teams there were correct. How did you fare in Group A? Well, I had Uruguay winning, um, and then, of course, I let my heart sort of predict the second the second pick, which was with Egypt, and, uh, you know, e- Egypt just didn't really uh, look as good as they probably could have. I think the Mohamed Salah injury really um, took a, a big, uh, you know, it was it took a struck a big blow to their to their hopes and and you know they ended up finishing bottom of that group. Yeah, they didn't pick up a single point in this World Cup. So not only yeah, not only did you get that one wrong, you picked with your heart. But I understand why you did because I nearly went with Egypt um, because of the the Mo Salah craze that has been kind of going on, but has slowed down a little bit since his injury. But um, I had I had picked Saudi Arabia to get bottom of the group, and they uh, they ended up in third. So. I got I got one and two correct, three and four wrong. So now Group B, um, we have I got Spain on top, Portugal in second. That turned out right. I uh, flip flopped the uh, third and fourth place finishers, just like Group A. Um, how did it go for you here? Uh, so I had Spain and Portugal. I'm struggling to remember where my three and four were because um, I think for the most part I just have written down. Uh, just my one and two picks. So I think that was right. I think I probably picked Morocco. No, I think I might have picked Iran third. I'm not sure. Not to just make let's, up something. Let's, let's not speculate over this. <laughs> it's it's but, not as important. <laughs> what so, matters is I got the winner and runner-up correct. All right, so we're the same there. Now, Group C is one of the two groups that I got uh, the placing exactly correct. So France one, Portugal two, Peru three, Australia. Did I say Portugal? Portugal? We're not even we're not even editing this because it's just a just a little quick mistake. France one, Denmark two, Peru three, Australia four. Um, so it's looking good. I mean, through the first three groups, I've got it. I've got the teams coming out of it correct all the way through so far. So I'm feeling good about myself. Yeah, I mean, I was the same with that group. I had that one through four correct, if I remember uh, All right. But I think that the next group was was a big one because I got that flip-flopped a little bit. You got that correct, though. Yeah, um, once I didn't get three and four right, um, but I did have Croatia topping the group. Did I expect them to beat Argentina 3-0? No, but I thought they were going to get a good result against Argentina. Did I expect Argentina to draw with Iceland? No. Um, but it ends up right. And you had Argentina winning this group, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, and I, but I had them and Croatia, Croatia both going through. I did feel that Argentina was going to, to top the group out. But uh, as as you said, I, I was mistaken. I mean, Argentina really um, did not perform up to what we – would come to expect from them and i guess you know when you look back on the on their qualifying campaign perhaps it's not too much of a surprise but they were especially against croatia they were completely overpowered in midfield and it showed yeah i agree now um with this group like let's yeah the the midfield of croatia is really what has them going luka modric ivan rakitic 
it is a absolutely incredible partnership. This team is, you know, they, they've got a solid defense. Um, they've got Mario Mandzukic in attack, but the midfield is where things happen for this team. It is going to be what makes them make a deep run in this World Cup, um, which they have a good chance to do. Obviously, looking in, into the round of 16, if they get through to the quarterfinal, it's Spain that they uh, would most likely go up against unless Russia come out with an upset. But um, I think this this midfield doesn't make them favorites in a potential quarterfinal with Spain, but it it makes them, it keeps them in it. So, oh, for sure. Um, for sure. But with with Argentina, with Ar- this Argentina team, it's not that they just lack. They didn't lack midfield. They didn't lack defense. They just all they had is attack, and that you can't you can't win with that. Willy Caballero was poor in goal. Um, it was a rough, a real rough go for Argentina, and they still made it out of this group. Um, so, and you look at a team like Iceland. They got a draw with Argentina on the first day of this group's play. And that was the only point they picked up the whole time. So um, this was a, a bit of a weird one. It was bouncing all around. We never really knew who was going to get through until the final whistle on match day three. Yeah, and I think the way that the game had, uh, the final day had gone, uh, well, the final two games, I think Nigeria could feel uh, aggrieved to not have advanced. I certainly thought watching the games overall that they, in terms of the talent that's in each team, Way they performed, I think. I think uh, Nigeria probably deserved it more so than uh, Argentina. But that Marcus Rojo goal at the end really broke their hearts, and it just shows that this is this is a harsh competition sometimes. Yeah, it absolutely is, and um, I do. I feel for the Nigerian side because I don't. Um, I don't feel as much for them as I do for Senegal, and we'll get to that in a couple minutes. But um, they they played decent football against. Some tough teams, you know, they they beat Iceland, who, after Iceland draw with Argentina, were expecting a good result, and it completely, um, it, it just didn't come. And then, to, you know, to get the results they did, to get to come so close, they really did come so very close. If it wasn't for a late Marcus Rojo goal there in the round of 16, out of a real tough group, so... Um, now moving on to Group E, which is your uh, least favorite group in this World Cup because it, it makes you have to wear that Granite Xhaka jersey out in public. But uh, it's it's I'm going to say it's my least favorite because I somehow saw Costa Rica getting out of this group, and they played so poorly. But Brazil, the group winners, in my opinion, um, not even just saying because I picked them from the beginning, but they did look the best out of the favorite teams in this tournament. So I uh, think they have a, a solid look um, ahead to the final, even though they're on a very tough side of the bracket. But um, you had uh, you had Serbia going through here. We were both wrong for second place here. Yeah, and I mean, with Serbia, Serbia is one of my bigger disappointments in the tournament just because if you look at the, the first three halves of this group stage, so... Uh, essentially the first half of the group stage, uh, they were a team that looked like they could, they were, uh, you know, potentially group winners or even just, they were going to qualify. They won their first game they beat Costa Rica. They went up early against Switzerland. They were up at halftime and, you know, they, 
they had their hearts broken by, uh, you know, there was the Granit Xhaka equalizer and then the late Shakiri goal, which turned out to be huge. Uh, and, you know, Switzerland sort of that, once that game turned, once the tide turned in that game, it really turned in the group because Switzerland went on and uh, really impressed and just ended up uh, nicking that last spot. But, yeah, I mean, I like Serbia. I like a couple of players in the team. So, like, I was hoping for uh, them to go through, not just because I picked them, but I also just like the like the squad. And but Switzerland really, uh, you know, proved me wrong and you know sort of won me over. Now they would have gotten through without the result um, if they had lost to Brazil. But how big for their confidence do you think that draw with Brazil was? Because that that propelled them, that gave them the confidence going into the the next two games. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, going in Brazil's not just the clear favorite to win that group. They're one of the favorites to win the entire thing. So you can go up and, and play them good and, you know, have uh, an equal an equal uh, point share of the, from the first game. That it, It's got to build your confidence. And, and uh, comparatively with Serbia, the way that they lost the game against Switzerland, it certainly didn't help them going into their final group game, which was their toughest group game going up against Brazil with a chance to still advance. And it showed that, you know, they weren't going to, going to be good enough. Now on to group F, which, um, I got Mexico in second place, right? But everything else, uh, was mixed up. I had Germany topping this group because we talked about it. There's no way there is no way. No, how this Germany team doesn't get through. What did this Germany team do? They're too good. You have players like Tony Cruz, Marco Royce, Mesut Ozil, Mats Hummels. You know, like... The, the Mesut Ozil slander. Oh, don't get me started. Do not get me started on this. Too too good to, to not make it through. There's no way. Mesut yeah. Ozil created seven chances against South Korea. That is the most in a uh, World Cup match since he did it in 2014, he created chances at nil-nil. He sends a cross into the box that Matt Hummels completely missed times, and it hits off his shoulder and goes wide and over for a goal kick. That should have been the winning goal. That That's not a, a cross that he should have put on target. That is not a cross that he should have done better with. That is a cross that he should have scored on. Mm-hmm. Matt Hummels is not solely responsible for Germany going not going through. Germany going home very quickly, uh, very early in this World Cup. But he had so many chances. The two of his chances came after they had already conceded. So I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna continue to go after him there. But that first one, when it's still nil nil, and they still have the chance to go through, um, he completely, well, look, completely yeah, and look, missed something. Germany, Germany are good enough to not even have to worry about this game. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean... it's uh, it, it really comes it, down to... The fa- they couldn't... Because, I mean, I'm looking at... They couldn't know, finish. Yeah, I had Mexico second, but after the first game, once the first game was over, I was like, oh, Mexico's winning this group. After the second game, Mexico are clearly winning this group. Yeah. And then Mexico almost didn't advance. If Matt Hummel scored that goal... Mexico if you score that, Mexico are out after winning their first two games. Not a win and a draw. Winning their first two games, six points, they could have gotten knocked out. Reversely, if Mexico would have beaten Sweden like we expected them to after their showing in the first two games, 
with the same result, South Korea should have advanced. Mm -hmm. So South Korea should be very disappointed that what they helped Mexico advance, but Mexico didn't help them. Um, but football is cruel. It is a yep. cruel sport. All sports are cruel. This oh, is yeah. this is not the cruelest we have, but that's that is that's tough. This group yep. was just all over the place. Germany, a poor performance against Mexico, but don't take anything away from what Mexico did in that game. They played very well. The second yep. game, a poor performance against Sweden that they steal at the death. One of the yeah, a great World Cup moment uh, from Tony Cruz. Like almost the final kick of the game to to win that game, and what it felt like at that point was this is Germany showing up. This is them. They have these, you know, World Cup winners in the squad that are not going to let um, them fail to qualify. And once that happened, it was like they were taking this group. They're going to go into the next game. They were going to beat South Korea, the Boosie we thought were the weak link in the group, and they were going to you know, potentially win the group, depending on how Mexico did, obviously. Um, you know, had they gotten the result they needed against Korea, I think they probably would have won the group based on Mexico's differential result against Sweden. So that that's it was just setting it up perfectly, but the, they really just, they dropped the ball against uh, South Korea and... It almost—it's it, a shame because it takes away from that excellent moment. Oh, and it, uh, Tony it, Cruz had the game before. It absolutely does. It actually—it just means nothing at this point. You can watch it and you say, "Oh, stoppage time, goal, free kick, score. Oh, great, awesome." But it doesn't have—it doesn't carry that meaning. It's like if the Mets had lost Game Seven of the 1986 World Series, what does the comeback in Game Six mean? Nothing. What is Bill Buckner's life? A lot better than it turned out to be. And it's it's a shame because it happens it happens in sports. Sports are it's it, they're so cool. Like I remember to sort of change sports a little bit. Like I was watching the UNC Villanova game, yeah, the championship game. Marcus Page, so I'm a big UNC fan. Marcus Page hits like this crazy shot three pointer to tie the game. And he, you know, it's his senior year. He was a big UNC player. His final year, he's in the championship game. Hits a crazy clutch shot. Villanova hit a three at the buzzer. No, it's like one of the greatest shots, in my opinion, that's forgotten because yeah. it's like it sucks because it's such a great moment. And then the meaning of it is taken away by something that happened shortly after. Completely so, overshadowed. And this Tony Cruz goal, we were, everyone was talking about it. Can't stop watching it. This is the best goal of the World Cup so far. Like I have it on repeat. Can't stop. Like just it's amazing. And now it's just. It's essentially, oh, it's essentially like watching someone hit a free kick in like an international friendly. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it's like top internet. Yeah, so it, it's it like just oh, doesn't mean it doesn't cool, mean anything cool, anymore. Cool, cool, good job. But like, what is it? It doesn't mean anything anymore. So, um, but the, yeah, this group is all over the place. Huge, huge credit to Sweden. They win this group, which um, we hadn't expected, especially after Germany beat them. But yeah. they show up in this final game. Their hearts game. were broken. You compare it to Serbia. You compare it to how Serbia had their hearts broken to Switzerland. They go and they lose to Brazil. You look at Sweden. They lose to Germany. They have their hearts broken. Germany are going to go on to win the group. It doesn't happen that way. Sweden bounced back, played the best team that we had seen in the group, one of the best teams that we'd seen in the tournament so far, and they beat them 3-0. That takes character. It's, it does. And they're, 
people talking about Mexico after the first two group games, oh, this team could make a run. We could see them get quarterfinal, semifinal. They could be a dark horse now to get to the final. People throw them in the same category as a team like Belgium, where you know they're not the favorite, but they're playing so well that they could make this run. And now we take a step back, kind of get back to reality. Let's see if they show up against Brazil, because now that they didn't win that group, they have a horrible, horrible draw here against the favorites of the tournament, Brazil. Um, but uh, we'll talk about that matchup just shortly. Group G, we got two more groups to talk about. Um, group G, Belgium finish on top. They get nine points, winning all three matches. England finished with six. Tunisia in third um, with three points. Panama don't pick up any points, but they do score two goals in the tournament. Um, so good for them in their first ever World Cup. This is another group where I got all four correct in order just to uh, pat my own back there. But um, let's talk a little bit about um, about the Belgium match where the Belgium-England match where whoever wins this they get a they get an easier round of 16 opponent but a much tougher um, road to the final. And Belgium win on Adnan Yanuzai's goal. So they face Japan while England face Colombia um, with or without Hamas. We'll uh, see if he's healthy. But um, now that Belgium won that game, they're on the same side as France, Portugal, Argentina, Uruguay, Brazil, Mexico. That's that's, that's tough. tough. If they get and... if they get past Japan, they, it's it's Brazil. So yeah, um, it's I mean, yeah, I mean it's tough. I think I mean was looking at both teams, Colombia and Japan. Uh, I think a healthy Colombia is better than a healthy Japan. So I think I think you're right in that terms. Belgium get the easier opponent, but England looking at this, James is a question mark. They're not 100 percent healthy, so Colombia gets to play maybe a not 100 percent not Colombia not their best, and they get the easier side of the bracket. I think England have got to be uh, totally fine with with where they finish. What what's what is a shame though is that it took away from what could have been a very exciting uh, Group G finale. No, I yeah I agree. I wish this game would have maybe been the first group game, and it would have been it meant a lot more at that point. But Lukaku both both of these teams, two, both of these teams, know, two golden boot guys going yeah. going at it. Um, both both of these teams this. played well against Tunisia and Panama. They both won those games. Um, well, England took a, a little a little uh, much. It took a, a lot out of them to get through Tunisia, but they they ended up winning the game. Um, so. That was a that was a test as far as the, you know they weren't really playing well. It was the World Cup opener. They right the ship against Panama by winning six one, and now you have your real test here. You have your test against Belgium, and both teams are guilty of it of fielding um, not full strength squad. they squads. They both made several changes. I want to say, did you say England made what eight changes going into this match? Um, Cool. And Belgium, I believe, made nine. Yeah, so cool. You, you got these guys a, a chance to play in the World Cup when maybe, um, to start in the World Cup maybe when they wouldn't have 
otherwise. But I think it's risky to do this because now, okay, you come up against Columbia. If they're fully healthy, that's it. Um, that's a really good team. Now, even without, if James Rodriguez misses the round of 16, Columbia is still a good team. He's the most important player to that team, but they're still good. They're, they still have plenty of talent without him. And um, I think it gets risky when you try to pick your opponents because now Columbia has a little extra, a little extra fire. So England really wanted to lose so that they could play us. I would be taking yeah. that and I would be using that as motivation to knock this team out right away. They yeah. hold nothing back, win this match because they thought less of you. They wanted to play you. They picked you. They lost to get to you. Not that they threw the game, but the manager set this team up to lose. Gareth Southgate set this team up to lose. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple different ways to look at it. I think you can look at it. Okay, let's get these, you know, some of these players that are playing in this game. You know, they might be they might be uh, vital to the round of 16 game, whether it's as a sub, you know, you get them better match fitness, more better ready for a potential, you know, substitute appearance in a big game. Uh, but, you know, it also, it does, you don't want to risk, you don't want to risk uh, any injury, especially when you already advanced. And, you know, it might be better to, to, the result might not affect you too much. So I don't want to think that the teams were set up to lose. Cause I think both of the teams are really just going at it and kind of going through the motions. Uh, there was a great moment of brilliance from, uh, Janazai with that goal but before then England still would have topped the group if no one had scored it looked like really neither of them were really really trying to score um, and then but the way the way you got to look at it, it it could very much mess up some continuity I think I think that you know Colombia are coming off a game that they had to go for and they won they built some more confidence whereas you're looking at you're looking at England. They have had two. They they had a uh, a gutsy performance against Tunisia, getting that late win. They dismantled Panama, built great confidence, but they haven't been truly tested yet. So you wonder if maybe this could have been a good tune up for the round of 16. But also, I mean, we there's been there's been talk in the past in past years about England, you know, sort of getting tired by the end of the tournament and fizzling out because of it. Whereas they get a chance to rest now, you know, I think it's it's really pick your poison. I think you can look at the positives or the negatives from this situation either way, and I think you'd be right in every single argument you make because there's plenty of arguments for doing it either way. So um, you know, now looking onto the final group, Group H, where this was we talked about sports being cruel. This is as cruel as it can possibly get. Colombia win the group. They beat both. Poland and uh, Senegal in this in this group. They lost to Japan. Um, Japan finished second. They had four points: one win, one draw, one loss. Senegal, one win, one draw, one loss. Okay, so our tiebreakers are going to be goal difference. Oh, they're the same. Okay, so then we go to goal scored. Oh, they're also the same. They had they. Had- they had the same score line for each game. Yeah. So, so they won. Yeah. So it was 2 1, 2 2, 1 0. Yeah. So it's it's comes down to the fact that 
FIFA fair play rules distinguish who goes on. So Senegal is knocked out because they had more yellow cards. Yeah, a team that plays more physically. It's how that they're set. It's how they're set yeah. up. So they're going to get more yellow cards. So it's sort of that's, that's just more like some some teams the way that they play. It's more it's a more physical style, and that's what made Senegal. It helped them succeed a little bit, and, yeah. but it also is the reason they're going out. It's kind of it's kind of a harsh thing. I tried to do some research on what it used to be because I believe this is a new rule. I think it comes down to like head to head, which they drew. So like, like so, and then I think I think basically what it would have come down to if this had happened last World Cup, I think it would have been down to a coin flip. Oh my god. So I, that, I mean, I it's, think the, the coin flip rule. would be even more brutal. But it's the best rule. But I, I, it's hard to come up with something in this given scenario. So, um, so if, um, it, it, it's eliminating a team almost based on who the referee is. That's what I don't like about this. Some referees are known to give out more yellow cards than others. So you're going to tell me that this group, Senegal, are going home from the World Cup. There's no African team in the knockout stage because of referee assignments. That's yeah, what I feel like this comes down, down, down to. I think, and like I said, style of play. Like Japan don't aren't going to uh, bulldoze you physically. They're not going to you know play a more uh, aggressive like minded uh, play. You know, going and they're more technical. I think I'm just trying to I'm trying to rack my brain for what I think would be a better a better final tiebreaker because it, it this rarely happens. It's a tough it's a tough thing to come up with. Yeah, I I, I, maybe, I agree that it rarely happens. Created would be a good a good barometer of who the better team is. Like I I, I don't know I can't um, I had thought of maybe shots on target, but I think that if you're coming down to it, you can start to start lobbing the ball at the keeper. Yeah. So, and if you if you do chances created, that takes away a team. Say Iceland got in a situation where they sit back, they play counterattacking football, but they defend very well, and that's what they rely on. A team is going to create more chances against them. So, you, you say, okay, but we scored the same amount of goals, we got the same points, but since you play a different style, you go through. So, um, I'm going to Americanize it a little bit, okay, and say that. Um, and bringing in ties with Russia, the most popular sport in Russia is hockey. So let's look at the NHL. Now, during the regular season in the NHL, they do they do the overtime, blah, blah, blah. So the, the winner of overtime gets... how um, you If you win in overtime, you get three points. But if you're the loser in overtime, I believe you still get one for the draw, or you get two points, whatever, how it works. So... Um, and I think this would really change the style of how it is. And it's arguing that penalties would be a better way to get through than yellow cards. But I, if you did, um, if you did in the group stage when there's a draw, you don't play extra time. You go right to penalties. You just do a penalty shootout. The winner of the shootout gets an extra point. So they get the point for the draw, and then they get the extra point for winning the shootout. The loser gets a point for the draw. They don't 
get zero because they lost, or it's not counting it as a full loss. It's counting it as a win on penalties. Just give them an extra point. Now, not to say that if they did that, the points could still end up the same way because both teams had a draw on their match. They drew against each other, though, so that would have dealt with this. Mm-hmm. So it it would be a, a change in culture of what the group stage usually is. But I ultimately think that that's a better way to go to have a team go through or go out of the group stage than it is based on yellow cards and red cards and whatever it is. I certainly agree. Um, it, I think maybe I, I doubt it'll ever happen just because like you said, it's a big, big change, big culture change to what we, what we're used to. I wonder, but it's interesting. I think it's certainly a better way to do it. I wonder if maybe even if it's just a draw, just do a penalty shootout. Both teams get the point. No one gets an extra point based on winner. And then if it comes down to the tiebreaker, we go back to that penalty shootout. But I think in the time being, like, I think it makes more sense probably to give them an extra point to win it. Because that way, like, cause some teams might go into like, okay, we're not going to need this penalty shootout for a tiebreaker. I can doubt this. So, like, they might not be as, um, you know, competitive for it as they would if you say, hey, quick reward, you get an extra point right off the bat. Yeah. So I, it, it'd be interesting. It's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting idea. It's not one that I thought of, but I, I certainly think it's it's more fair than the uh, fair play. Yeah, it's it's definitely flawed. Like I said, people have been arguing for years on what's the best way to break a tie. You can't, you cannot have guys running around. You can't do like playoff hockey um, in the NHL is unlimited overtimes. You do twenty minute periods until it ends you can't do like in soccer when you do the extra time you can't do just 15 minute um halves until they end until someone scores until someone wins it you know um but i think that i think that this would be a a better way to to do it and i'm gonna be honest with you i think senegal might agree with me i think they might so um now let's let's just take a look at uh at what we're what we're thinking for the knockout stage, there's a couple new picks that I'll have to make um, based on who I had in my round of 16. But almost every I almost had everything, um, all the matchups playing out how they should have. So um, let's start Uruguay Portugal. Um, the Portuguese they started off with that three three draw against Spain. Ronaldo's hat trick it. Opened everyone's eyes and got that was our Kickstarter. It was great. We had we obviously had the opening game, blah blah blah. No one cares. Five nil. This was our Kickstarter as to the competition that the World Cup was going to bring. A Ronaldo hat trick, um, doing it late as well, scoring late in that game. Um, so they they end up second in that group though, and they they get to face this Uruguay team now. Uruguay, not that. Defeating Russia wasn't a, a tall task. Not that defeating Egypt wasn't a fight. They didn't do it. They won it late. Um, and playing Saudi Arabia um, was even even tough for them. But they haven't had that big test as Portugal have. So do you think that'll play a factor in this matchup? Uh, no. I mean, no, because I think in one way, I think one 
you know, it's been a little, it hasn't been an easy go of it for Uruguay. They had a late win and they had a, they, they struggled. They didn't, they didn't overpower uh, Saudi Arabia. Like they didn't beat them easily. Uh, meanwhile, you know, I think both groups were tough in their own way. I think it's, I think it's just honestly going to come down to Portugal are, in my opinion, they're such a tough team to beat. That's why they won Euro 2016. They didn't, like if you look at the, what they did, I think they got, they got third in the group. I don't think they, the only game they won in 90 minutes was beating Wales like late or something. I think they beat Wales in 90 minutes. That's the only team they actually beat in 90 minutes. But they're a hard team to beat. And I think that's that's where the tide's going to be tilted uh, towards them. It's interesting to look at because I was I just thought of it as you were talking about it. You brought up the Ronaldo uh, free kick. I feel like we talked so much more, even after, I mean, we talked about the Ronaldo free kick, the hat trick, and then it sort of faded away. But we were, I feel like a lot more was made out of the Tony Cruz free kick to win that game. But you look at it now, had Ren- Tony Cruz's free kick, it didn't matter. They didn't make it through. You look at Ronaldo's free kicking against Spain. Had he not scored that free kick, Iran would have gone through. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's wild. That ended up being huge. I feel like we know. I feel like we're not talking about it. Yeah, as it, much. it's. But I. It's interesting yeah. when you when you take that one moment that could have changed the entire complexion of the group. Um. So. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that. Um, I think that Portugal are—they're obviously a talented team. They're the European champions, um, but Uruguay. If if Luis Suarez can can play well, which he started to do the first game um, against Egypt, Luis Suarez looked bad. He did not Real look bad. good at all. Um, but if he, you know he's scoring goals now, if he can keep that going, if um, Cavani can also bring bring a lot to the attack. They have a chance against this Portugal team. I, I'd argue that this, this may be one of the most even matchups that we have, in the, in the round of sixteen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, it's certainly one. We get it started off tomorrow. Tomorrow will be uh, the when we get to see that matchup. And it's, I think it's, again, Portugal are going to kick off the kind of like what they did with Spain. This big, good Spain game. Uh, that sort of kicked off the excitement of the group stage. I think this is going to, right off the bat, kick off the excitement of round 16. Who do you have going through? So my original pick, I'm sticking with it. I have Portugal going through. Okay. Yeah, so I, 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 my, my heart's going with Portugal. Um, but, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, I just no, think yeah. you, look at, you it, look at it, I think both of these teams are pretty strong defensively. Uh, you know, the midfields are you know pretty even, I'd say. I think it comes down to, you know, I'd, I'd pick Ronaldo over Suarez uh, in terms of that quality. I think he's just, he's a he's a level ahead of him, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and I think when you got a player like that, I'm, I'm also, I'm interested, interested to see because he, he has not scored in the knockout rounds in a World Cup yet. So we shall see uh, if that comes, if that happens. Yeah, I mean, this is the first World Cup where he scored more than once. So he... Uh... He's, he's turned it on. And think about, what was it, 2010? His only goal came against North Korea. In a um, 7-1 win? Yeah. And it was like a fluke goal. Like the he was the ball balanced on his head. head. Yeah, yeah. Like, it like 
he didn't know it was there and it fell down to him and he just hit it. He yeah, he scored that one and he laughed about it. Like it, it he almost yeah. felt bad about scoring it. But um this is I, I think he's gonna turn it on. I I expect him to play well in the in the knockouts. Um and I expect him to get Uruguay through. It sets up if Portugal, Portugal get through. Yes. Portugal yes. Sorry. I'm I think I have vertigo. It's it's the yeah. cue the banter studio that I'm in that um, it's because you're in Nick's chair. You're yeah, in Nick's chair. I'm in Nick's chair. I've, I've contracted vertigo. But, um, no, yeah, it, I, I see Portugal going through, and it sets up a huge potential matchup. Not saying Portugal-France isn't big because that's a repeat of Euro 2016 final. But if France right. go out against Argentina, we have Ronaldo versus Messi in a World Cup knockout game. That is Massive, that is and absolutely I, huge. And I, you can't top have, that. Yeah, I have, and I have France going to the semifinal, but I think I want Argentina to go through. I, I want so Portugal. Yeah, I have France in the semifinal as well, and I will not be angry. I said at the top of the show that I love being right. Make me wrong. I want to see Ronaldo versus Messi. I think Portugal will win uh, if they come up against Argentina, but I I do want to see those two guys go head to head because they're going to turn it on. For that game, if if Messi has not been up for any of these games quite yet, that is the game that he would be up for. Uh, but I'm not confident they can beat France. I am not confident that the midfield for Argentina looked that bad against Croatia. Croatia has a better midfield than France, in my opinion. But France has one of the best midfields in the world. They have yeah. N'Golo Kante. They have Paul Pogba. Whether or not you think Paul Pogba is good. Paul Pogba is good. Whether or not you think he's one of the best midfielders in the world, he is one of the best midfielders in the world. This, yeah. they're gonna, I think they're gonna tear through this Argentina midfield. The attack for Argentina is great, but the defense for France is also a solid back line. Um, yeah. I, night and day, I see this as France going through. I want Argentina to go through to see that potential matchup against Ronaldo and Messi. But I think that I, this could be another um, another Argentina Croatia type thing for me. I think it could be that that lopsided. Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree with that. I think my heart wants Argentina just for that matchup. And I mean, also it, it all comes down to we could we could see Uruguay win tomorrow, and it wouldn't matter what Argentina do in terms of that. Well, in terms of the matchup that we want, but. My heart is going for Portugal, Argentina, but now there's no. I, in my opinion, I think France are the clear favorite here. Uh, we saw what Croatia did against them with their stacked midfield. Uh, I think. I mean, France have a different sort of midfield with Pogba and Conte, but it's it, yeah, it's going to be it's going to completely overrun Argentina's midfield. Messi's going to need to be messy you know, for them to even have a chance. Yeah, and, and it he hasn't really shown signs of doing that. So um, we're both in agreement that we have Portugal, France in the quarterfinal. Um, what do you uh, what do you see happening in this Brazil Mexico matchup? Can Mexico bounce back and at least put up a fight against Brazil? They'll put up a fight, but I think I mean I think Brazil has gotten better as this tournament's gone on. Uh, I think they're just getting, they're starting to get into their stride in terms of Mex in Mexico, you know, 
I think they're doing the opposite. They had their, I think they had the game of their life against Germany, uh, and I, I'd be hard pressed to see them do it again because they need to do it if they're going to beat Brazil. I think both of these teams are going in different directions. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be too hard on Mexico because I think they've been super, super impressive. Uh, but you know, losing three nil Sweden like that, it doesn't look good for them, especially when. They weren't they weren't guaranteed a spot in the knockout round. It wasn't like oh you know we don't need to win this. Like no you need to. They 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 could have gone out with that result and it it's a little bit alarming. And I just think Brazil's quality, the way that they've started to play, uh, I think they're gonna gonna go through. I think that uh, that Brazil this Brazil team has the golden ball winner of this World Cup, and that's Philip Coutinho. Um, he is. So important to this team. He's the most important player on this team because um, just because of what they have. I, you know, when you think of importance, you can't just think about what they do. You would have to think about what they could do if th- that player wasn't there. Now, not that Neymar, he's not one of the top players in the world, but if he goes out, they they have more. Um, they have more options in attack to replace him if Nambar were to go down injured. If Coutinho right. were to go down injured, they lose so much of that creativity in midfield. They have creativity in attack, but they lose a lot of their midfield creativity. Um, but this team, from top to bottom, Alisson in goal, they have um, you know an injury to Marcelo, which that is going to be uh, interesting to pay attention to. I'm not sure. I haven't seen reports on whether or not he's going to be able to go for the uh, round of 16, but I think he had back right. spasms or whatnot. Yeah, but um, I mean, Philippe, Philippe Louise yeah, is a more than capable replacement. Ab- he's probably a little bit more defensive. Uh, I shouldn't say probably. He's definitely yeah. more defensive than Marcelo. Yeah. Uh, but he can also provide stuff in attack. I don't think they're going to be missing too much yeah. with Marcelo, as good as he can be. I think they're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, you know, their midfield is just... they Paulinho... Spurs legend is playing well at the World Cup, scored in the last game. Um, Casemiro in defensive midfield. They obviously have options like Fernandinho. Um, in attack, they have Gabriel Jesus. Hasn't looked um, all that great, Jesus. Um, so they have an option with Firmino. They have Willian. They have Douglas Costa. They have Neymar. They have, they, it's just it's kind of a never-ending list there. Um, and you know, with Coutinho, if a player in that front three went down and they decided that they wanted to throw in another guy in midfield and move Coutinho forward, he still brings that creativity, um, obviously in a different part of the field, but he can play in the midfield or he can play in the attack. So, um, this team I think is, I think Mexico is going to put up a fight. I don't see one. I don't see Mexico going down without a fight. Um, but maybe, maybe a two, one or a, or a a three, one, I think. Um, I think if like a Britain, hard, a hard fought two nil, you know, like yeah, I think like a, a, an early goal, then a late goal as at the end of yeah. the game they get a second goal. Yeah, we're we're on the same page there. So um, Brazil going through now. This the fourth matchup to talk about. We have Belgium and Japan. This is the first matchup that we have to talk about that I didn't get right. Um, Belgium and Senegal was what I had. I had Belgium going through Senegal. I also will pick Belgium, Belgium to go through uh, Japan. This Belgium team, 
has looked the best at the World Cup straight through the three games. Brazil yeah, has looked good, but they got yeah, they started the off best, poorly. Through, through three games, the most impressive team would probably been Belgium and Croatia. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so, I, I mean, I had Belgium playing, uh, I believe, Colombia in this game. Okay. And that would that would have been an exciting I, one. That would be a good matchup. I mean, but uh, I have I have Belgium winning. I, I have them winning here. Uh, I think they've been they've been excellent. And it's going to set up a great matchup if if we're right in these two predictions. Brazil Belgium would be uh, quite the show. Um, yeah, this the the Belgian team is one that you know I think. Before the World Cup, I saw him. You know, dark horse. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll see what they can come up with. Now, I mean, they will have to play Brazil in the quarterfinal. Brazil, the winner of Brazil Mexico in the quarterfinal, if they go through. So, it's a tough road with that left side of the bracket being so hard. But you you have to think that if they ended up losing to England or drawing with England, they would have ended up facing Colombia in the round of sixteen, and then. You know, Belgium, Spain, and Croatia over on one side of the the bracket would have been would have made it things a little bit more even. But um, I don't see them having any issues with Japan. This Japanese team has played well. They've done what they needed to do. They um, they beat Colombia, but Colombia played with ten men for eighty seven minutes. So maybe not the best judge. But they they beat a team that you know. They beat what was put in front of them. They can't help that. So um, I think Japan are going to be happy with a, a round of 16 appearance, but um, they're going to go out here. Now we have Spain, the 2010 world champions, the 2008 European champions, the 2012 European champions, going up against our hosts in 2018, Spain, Russia. Um, I think Russia's going to put up a fight here. I do. Spain got a draw against uh, Portugal. They got a draw against um, who was it in the in the third group game? Who did they face? Uh, Morocco. Morocco. So um, it hasn't been exactly the best World Cup for Spain. Remember, they sacked uh, Julian Lopetegui before the World Cup started for because he accepted the Real Madrid job without telling the federation um so it there's there's been a lot going on for the spain team um and i think russia has played well obviously they did lose to um uruguay but they beat they beat egypt with mosala not a fully healthy mosala but they beat they beat that team not that they get anywhere close to a spain team but um I've been very impressed with Golovin. I've been impressed with Cheryshev, who after the first two games was was definitely going to be in uh, competition for the player of the tournament. Obviously, if they don't go far, that makes it tougher on him. Scored an own goal in that third game, but um, what you called? You said he was going to score. I said he was going to score. I didn't say what what team he was going to score for. Come on. <laughs> um, um, but I think that this Russia team has been impressive, and they've surprise people um especially after um going out in the confederations cup last year which they didn't go out by much it, it was 
one goal that got them out. So um, I I think that Russia's gonna, Russia will put up against put up a good fight here, but Spain Spain's class will uh, be a little bit overwhelming for them. Yeah, I mean, I think. See, so yeah, to your point about uh, who they've played, I mean, I haven't been. I mean, yes, Russia have uh, in the games that they've won, they were quite impressive. Uh, I still don't know about the competition though, because you look at the disparity between the, their performances. They looked very good against Egypt and Saudi Arabia, who, you know, Saudi Arabia, we were saying, were a pub team after we watched the first game, and they ended up doing better than Egypt. So yeah. what does it say about Egypt? Uh, and then we see them going up against, we see Russia go up against Uruguay, and they lose 3-0. I know there was a red card, but I think they were comprehensively outplayed. So I'm, I'm not sure how much they're going to do uh, to the Spain side. I think it's more down to how Spain perform, because Spain, like we said, you know, they struggled against. They didn't. They didn't beat an Iran team easily. They didn't beat Portugal, and they didn't beat Morocco. So uh, they've they have had a hard time of it. They haven't looked like the comprehensive Spain that we were expecting to see under this new manager. So I think it's more down to what Spain can bring. But if Spain are on top of their game, I think they're going to take care of Russia relatively easily. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm even though I pick Spain to get to my final, I'm rooting for Russia here. I'm rooting for the hosts. Throw politics aside. I don't care about it. We're not. We're not getting in uh, Russia collusion here. I want to see Russia go to the. There is line. some. There is some Russia collusion in this podcast. Yes, they're they're meddling with my brain and my picks. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's good for the tournament when the team when the host team stays in it, and that'd be quite the quite the performance, quite the shock, which you know this World Cup has not been short on, so it wouldn't be. You know, all that surprising to see another shock happen. Yeah. Um, now on to the next one. Three more matchups. Croatia, Denmark. This Denmark team is good. Christian Eriksen makes things happen for this team. He is the focal point for this team. Um, but it's not going to be enough to go against Croatia. And like we said, Luka Modric right now. Um, Luka Modric is my my player of the tournament. Um so Did far, you just say I, no, I think Coutinho will end up as the player of the tournament. But so okay. far, I think Luka yeah. Modric has been the best. Okay, I mean, yeah, I have it written down here. I have best players. So I have Golden Boot written down the race. And then along with those Golden Boot players, I have the best players who aren't necessarily in that uh, conversation. And Coutinho and Modric are at the top. So I agree there. I think, you know, Christian Eriksen's been great. You know, there was a lot of question coming into this tournament how, how, he, can, how he could perform. Because he's always done good for club. He has struggled for country. He's looked pretty good this tournament, but I think the guy who did it first, you know, the guy, the creative midfielder for Tottenham before Christian Eriksen was Luka Modric. Christian Eriksen replaced, essentially replaced Luka Modric, whether it was directly afterwards or it was a little bit down the line. Uh, Luka Modric is the most underrated player in the world, in my opinion. He's the most underrated midfielder in the world. Because... Uh, I mean, but it, which it's weird to say because if you ask me who the best like number ten is in the world, Luka Modric is the first thing that comes to mind. But I just feel like he doesn't get enough credit for what he does, and I think this tournament is sort of time for is is going to allow people to realize how how special he is, and it's all going to be down to how Croatia uh, perform in the knockout round. And I think they're going to beat Denmark. I think uh, uh, 
not easily, but I think they're going to have a comprehensive, relatively comprehensive victory here. I think they'll pull away from Denmark. Denmark will have a tough, we'll, we'll put up a fight, but I think Croatia are going to really pull away from them. I'm going to predict Croatia to win this one 3-0. I think that um, this team is a dominant team, and they're going to they're gonna dominate this match all the way through. I don't see Denmark really getting into it. Um, I just don't think they have enough. But um, that that kind of slacks uh, Denmark's defense, which is is a pretty solid one. You know, they got the young Chelsea center back in uh, Andreas Christensen um, in the Who back. Might, yeah, I mean, and he might even play in the midfield. He played in the midfield their game against France just out of necessity with injuries or mm-hmm. yellow card suspension, whatever it was. But, you know, he's suited to that. He can play that role, too. He's played there before. That would further... Uh, bolster their defense to have a center back in midfield along with two center backs uh, behind him. So that'd be interesting yeah. to see. But I, as good as, as strong as that and bright as that defense is, I think Croatia is really going to overpower it with its midfield, its strong attack, and just overall balance. Now we move on. Sweden and Switzerland. Um, sorry, I'm trying not to trying not to fall asleep with this one. No, but out of out of our our matchups that we have in the round of sixteen, I'd say this is the one that neutrals would care about the least. Um, yeah, so, so but I don't it's, think, but it's even. I agree. I don't think it's necessarily the most lopsided in any way. I think you know Croatia, Denmark, or Spain, Russia could be. Belgium, you know, I think Belgium, Japan, maybe those are less even. So I think this is actually a pretty even matchup. Yeah, just not the most but, star-studded, exciting one. Exactly. So, um, Sweden, Switzerland, this is one I haven't had to pick yet. I haven't made really made a decision here. Um, I think Sweden were the better team against the only team they lost to in the group. And that was Germany. I think they were the better team. They faltered late. But I think because of, the, because of how well they've played um, so far... In their in their games um, in the group stage, I think Sweden has what it takes to get through, and I love this Sweden team because they qualified for the World Cup without Zlatan. He tried to come back. They told him to fuck off, and they won their group. They won the group with Germany and Mexico and Korea in it. So this Sweden team, um, they they may be may have been underdogs up to this point, but they know fully what they're capable of. And even with um, the talent that we've talked about on the Switzerland side with Schalke in the midfield, Shakiri is playing well. Um, I think Sweden have, uh, have more, and I think they get through here in a close one. This might be one that goes to, I think this could be a, a possible penalty shootout. So um, we'll see with that. Yeah, I can totally see that happen. I just have Switzerland. Okay. Going through. I like when uh, we disagree because it hasn't happened a lot this World Cup. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. It's just what my gut's telling me. I've picked against Switzerland for the last time. <laughs> uh, not, uh, not, not falling down that trap again. On the pod here, don't tell. If you have an update on your phone about anything, do not tell me. I'm going with Switzerland. Uh, but I think, I think you're right. I think it's going to maybe come down to like extra time or penalty shootout. It's going to be a close game. Now, with the final game in the round of 16, we have the English facing Colombia. 
Um, James Rodriguez didn't start the first match of the World Cup with an injury, and um, he left the third group game with an inju- with that same injury. He's missed training today. He's not. No matter what, if he even if he starts, if he comes off the bench, no matter what, he's not going to be a hundred percent fit. And England is well rested. I think that helps England get through. I don't think that it. I don't think that the the longer rest period because they didn't play their starters against Belgium is going to be a good thing in the long run. But I think it it gives them the advantage here. Um, and I think they they get through this Colombia team and then go on to face the winner Sweden Switzerland, which they would um, hope to be the favorites. So I think that you know we have whoever wins this match, I I see in the semifinal of the World Cup. So um, do you see it going any differently there? Um, I do. I have Colombia. Okay. I've been high on England. I've had, even going into this tournament, I've had uh, England as, I had them in the quarterfinal when I first did my bracket. Uh, I even circled, so I was circling, I have a bracket written down here and I was circling the teams I was going to pick and then I was going to write down the teams that ended up actually making it for the next time we pod. I circled England first and then, you know, the doubt just crept back into me and I crossed it out and I circled Columbia. My heart wants is going for England, but I just think I think Colombia is gonna is gonna edge this one out. I think England those same questions about the mentality of England and what they have in the squad and how they underachieve is going to come back up again. Uh, and I think it's gonna be their it's gonna be uh, you know it's gonna be a rough end to the World Cup after such a promising start. Yeah, I mean it it would be tough to go out of the um, round of sixteen knowing what your path would be to the semifinal. Um, not that they would just roll over any, uh, the, not that they would just power through a, a Switzerland or a Sweden team that got to the quarterfinal, but being the favorites after this one to get to a semifinal and losing in the round of 16 would be tough. Um, It'd be very so, England, though. I, I, yeah, it would be very England. That's a pick, though, that I didn't expect from you. I thought you were going to be a little bit higher on England. Um, so let's look at... Uh, um, the Golden Boot race, real quick before signing off. Harry Kane leads with five goals, um, and you you know my feelings on this. What is it? Three penalties, one deflection. Uh, is it two three penalties, penalties? Three one penalties, penalties, one deflection shot. from what should have been Ruben Loftus Cheek's goal, and um, two, wait, two two penalties. Two penalties. Two penalties because he had the two headers right in the first game. Did he? I thought I thought it was two penalties in the first game. Well, the second game there was I, two penalties. No, I I meant I thought it was uh, a penalty and a header. Um, let's let's do um, some facts. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I know it's at least two penalties. Or, um, but yes, and then there was the fluke sh- the fluke goal for the hat trick against Panama. Uh, my thing is with Harry Kane is he didn't. We've seen this with Tottenham. There's times where he gets some goals where it just seems like he's in the right place at the right time. Some of them might be a fluke goal. Uh, others, obviously, he's he's a penalty. He's going to take the penalty um, for Spurs and for England. So, yeah, I think we can maybe take a little bit away from it. But 
that's just how he gets some of his goals. It's how yeah. it happens a lot of the time. And he got zero last World Cup. So, I know a lot of them are fluky it, in this one. It, he has five. Yeah, it was... So it wasn't two headers in the first game. It, the first goal in the 11th minute against Tunisia, it was a shot okay. saved, parried right back to him. So it was a tap. We got a tap in, two penalties. The one header, I'm giving that to him. I'm giving him the late header. He can have that. But the the penalties, the tap in, the deflection, he hasn't... You're right. He, he scores like this in four spurs, and that's why his tally is so high. Because he just ends up in the right place at the right time, he's a brilliant penalty taker. Um, so, you know, he he does deserve credit. But a player like you know um, Romelu Lukaku, who has four goals, I think deserves a little bit more credit than Harry Kane. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I agree, and we could see. Uh, Belgium going further than England. We could see Lukaku scoring more by the end of the tournament. Uh, you know, you look at that. The, what the top three? It's Harry Kane with five, Lukaku, and Ronaldo with four. Yep, I believe. You look at Ronaldo. Ronaldo had a penalty. He had that uh, De Gea howler. Yep. Um. You know, then he he had a nice header in the second game. He had that free kick that we talked about earlier uh, in the first game. So there's a couple of fluke goals around around the top. I think Lukaku's probably the least fluky out of the three. Um, but I mean, I think I, I think Lukaku's my favorite for the Golden Boot moving forward, just because I think his team is going to probably progress the most. I know they go up against Brazil if they win their first game. Uh, but I'm not like you know. I think out of them in Portugal. Obviously, I have Colombia winning the round of 16. I have Portugal winning the, the round of 16, but I don't think I see them going past that. Belgium, I, I see them winning their game, but I, I still don't know if it's a Brazil-Belgium matchup. I don't know who wins that game yet. I, so I think I have more uh, confidence in Lukaku going further than Ronaldo or Harry Kane. So I like his chances. No, yeah, um, I'm, I'm agreeing with that. Um, also in the running, Diego Costa has three... And Denise Cheryshev has three as well, um, rounding out the top five. So a couple different players in it, a couple guys. You know, Cheryshev we didn't expect. Harry Kane and Cristiano Ronaldo we fully expected to be here. Lukaku we expected to be there. So um, they're they're doing what uh, what many people expected, but it's definitely it's still impressive. And now we if we look back at Golden Boot winners from the past World Cups, they're not. I I know they're not all scoring. Um, screamer volleys into the top corner. I know that. I'm just saying that uh that Harry Kane could have could have done a little bit more work for his for his goals. That's that's all I gotta say about the golden boot. Right. I mean you still you still gotta you still gotta make the penalty. I think the one fluke goal which gave him the fifth one, the hat trick was yeah. You know, obviously it's weird, but uh you know it's 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 a tight race. It's very exciting. Um now just before we, we end this who I know we both picked Brazil. Do you still have Brazil as your favorite to win this tournament? One after what you've seen. One thousand percent. Yes, I think okay. even more so. They not that they had been that convincing, but they have been the best out of the favorites. Um, and that's not. I'm not including um, Belgium as a favorite. I had Belgium as a dark horse. So I'm. 
I'm thinking that they're they played the best out of Brazil, France. Obviously, Germany didn't play all that well in Spain, so that's why I keep Brazil at the top. Yeah, I mean, I have so like I split up my brackets. I think Brazil, Belgium, and France are the favorites in their bracket, and then the other side, I have Spain, Croatia, and then whoever wins that England or Colombia game. Yeah. Uh, but so, but yeah, Brazil. It's hard to pick against them. Brazil and Belgium right now are my top two favorites, and they're gonna pl- they could potentially play each other in a quarterfinal. So we'll see. But uh, you know that that is all we got for our first World Cup reaction special extravaganza episode podcast episode series thing. You definitely, we got, definitely. We're, we're trying. We're going to try and get another podcast in after the round of sixteen games to talk about where the competition stands. We can talk about where the Golden Boot race stands, best players, um, you know, player of the tournament, stuff like that. But uh, be sure to take a look for us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Um, like our Instagram, you know, like our Instagrams and follow our page there as well. Leave us a review with who you think is going to win the World Cup, and uh, you know. Keep following us as we progress uh, with the greatest competition in the world.